Chapter 5, Breaking Orbit As soon as Marco spotted me coming out of the restroom, he waited no time dragging me off to board. The rail car shivered, shivered as it powered up and music blared from the terminal speakers outside. We glided out of the private area and into the main terminal, and through the darkened windows I saw that people had congregated in huge numbers to watch our departure. Some carried handmade signs, hastily fashioned with my name on them, and with a shock, I even recognized the old woman who sold my favorite steamed pork buns in the zone. She was holding a painstakingly lettered placard, placard that read, Go, Zara, lower eight represent. At that moment, it hit me how major this was. You ready for this? Marco asked me, and I nodded. He hit a control, and the window cleared, so they could see us. I raised my hand to wave, and the crowd went nuts. I could feel the emotion rushing out of them into me, like sunlight. I stood by the window until the crowd rolled by, until the city disappeared into a tangle of wires overhead and weeds that grew under the elevated tracks. With nothing left to see, I adjusted the tint on the window so it showed me only my amused reflection. I flinched when a handheld hit the wood table beside me. Required. There's a lot to get through. We have four hours on the direct route. Try to read and absorb as much of it as you can. Believe me, there will be a lot more once we get to New York. I shoved it back toward him. I'm not into homework. He gave me a look I recognized from every disappointed teacher. Look, I said I'd accept. I didn't say I'd study on it, did I? You'd better try, he told me. If you fail orientation, you'll be eliminated, and an alternate selected. So I go on my way. Big deal. No, he said. It sounded like real regret. You go back to where we found you. Back to Camp Kuno, where the CEO was ready to checkmark me right into the hands of Tori and DeLuca, or Max Prison. Either way, my life would be over. I said nothing. If he'd threatened me, I probably would have smashed the H2s to make a point, but that apologetic tone disarmed me. A little. Hell, I thought, it's just some reading. I sat down and picked up the H2, data skimming at light speed through the legal disclaimers and warnings. I scrawled my signature with a fingertip. When the legal stuff was out of the way, a new file opened. It showed footage of a leviathan in space, lazily unfurling his do its dorsal sails to catch the sun, and I guess I was supposed to be impressed, but that was pretty difficult when I'd already seen, been subjected to a numbing array of honor season vids. But after that was real intel, not the glistening, polished docudramas, but uncensored details about first contact. Recordings of the astronauts a hundred years back aboard the International Space Station, of the alarms going off as one of the sections blew, of the controlled urgency, urgency of their communications back and forth with Earth, listening to those long-dead people recording their last messages to families. I couldn't help it. Hearing them was different from actors saying the same words. It was raw and real, and, even now, even with a low-quality vid, I couldn't look away. And then, the Leviathan. Two of them, appearing out of the shadow of the moon, swimming toward the ISS, like space was ocean, circling it. The message appeared simultaneously on every computer screen aboard the human station. We help. I know, Marco said, and I jerked out of my trance. I tried to imagine how those men and women must have felt in that moment. On the one hand, this entirely alien creature, with unknown motives, and on the other hand, a chance to live. It required extraordinary trust, and I think... I think, just to, or to choose to believe them, or just desperation, I thought. I dove into the reading, which included technical specs about the interior areas of the Leviathan, descriptions of crew quarters and am amenities provided, and an overview of what would happen in my week-long training and PR sessions. It was a lot, way too much, in fact. We're nearly there, he said eventually, which came as a surprise. I'd almost forgotten I wasn't alone, but when I looked up, Marco had cleared the window. Beyond it, beyond it lay New York City. The newest of the towers reached above the clouds, and they moved, constantly slowly shifting like clock parts, so that residents had a panoramic view of the city. I couldn't look away as we sped closer, closer, swallowed up by tiered streets before we dipped down into a tunnel beneath them. The train emerged from the rushing darkness and glided into the station, to a smooth and perfectly control controlled stop. A pretty tone sounded, and the latch on the door went green. 
Gazing at what awaited us, Marco looked tired too, and resigned. I recognized his press face. Does this ever stop? I asked. The crowds? Eventually. You get used to it, he replied with half a smile. It's like the Mars lottery. Everyone dreams, dreams of being chosen, so they'll be obsessed at first. But then someone else hits the jackpot, and you're old news. That was a lie. He'd been hollowed and followed every second since he'd been picked, and now, and now so would I. But there was currently no better choice. A girl around fourteen shrieked when the door opened and begged him to sign her H2. With a smile and wave, he shook his head, escorting me through the throng gathered on each side of the cordoned-off red carpet on the on red carpet to the street where another e-car idled. But I was but I stopped cold because somebody I hadn't seen in years was waiting in front of us. Time hadn't been kind to him. His brown hair was mostly gray, and his pasty skin had both wrinkles and rose uh, rosacea. The din faded, and I felt like a spotlight might as well be shining on the two of us. Dad. He came toward me with a huge smile and hugged me like he'd never said I was worthless, like he'd never been a monster bellowing at me to stop complaining. Zara, I'm proud of you. Proud. Of. You. I couldn't believe those words had just come out of his mouth. When I remembered the coldness in his eyes when he'd, quote-unquote, disciplined me, determined to drive the devil out, I swallowed a scream. Over the years, he'd made it clear that I disappointed him in every possible way and his love had to be earned. Now it seemed like getting picked as an honor made me worthy, at least for the cameras. I clenched my teeth and held it in. I didn't return his hug, but I didn't shove him away either. My father stepped back after a long, awkward moment and looked at me with what I realized was uncertainty. Zara, how have you been? How have I been? I thought about the zone, going hungry. All the nights I'd cuddled in the cold with dairy, or I'd huddled in the cold with dairy. I could have, couldn't speak, or I would have shouted in his face. I might have chosen life in the zone over dealing with him, but if he'd been p different, patient with me, and good to my mom, then maybe. Well, no point wasting on my, my no point wasting my energy on what ifs. I glimpsed flashes of my inspiring story, a word they actually used, playing giant size on buildings around us. My scowl looked impressive on that scale. They were calling me a wild card pick on the news, speculating the mystery of exa why exactly of exactly why the Leviathan wanted me. Dad's picture flashed up, smiling just as he was now. Aren't you going to talk to me? I couldn't shut out his voice, especially when he was in my face like this. I smelled day-old garlic. Sharon says, I turned toward him so suddenly he pulled back. Keep my mother's name out of your mouth. If I have to smile and shake your hand, I will. But there's nothing else, right? I will never forgive you. That was as blunt as I could make it. I didn't miss a flare of anger in him, the way the f his fist curled, like he wanted to smack the defiance out of me. Some things didn't change. Marco glanced between us and then murmured something into the mini H2 on his wrist. I think it would be better for you to make your way, on your own way to the hotel, Mr. Cole. I'll send a separate vehicle for you. A surge of gratitude almost made me smile. Let's get out of here. The e-car was posh inside, and I liked it even more when we left my old man standing on the curb. The giant hollows shimmering on the buildings slashed my picture up again, noting my arrival, asking the question I was curious about right now. Why her? Apparently, experts were weighing in. I was glad I didn't have to listen to them break me down into tasty pieces for public consumption. We reached a flash hotel, a tower of gold with obsidian accents that was famous for hosting the honors when New York won the bid, along with more drone cams and reporters eager for a glimpse of our party. Marco skated us past, an old pro at dodging unwanted attention. At that point, I had to say, unwillingly, thanks. Marco nodded. I understand. It's overwhelming. As we reached the front doors, my old man climbed out of his e-car and waved to the crowd. I quickened my step to avoid sharing the impromptu spotlight with him. I'm sorry, Marco said, but it's common for family members to participate, even estranged ones. This makes for a better media event. The honors program promotes global unity, and they like the idea of facilitating reconciliation. No borders, no limits. Remember that slogan? 
It's fine, I told him. I can take care of myself. He nodded. You'll need to answer some questions inside. He'll expect to stand with you. I don't want him talking. Then I'll make sure he doesn't, Marco said. He seemed to be acting as a protector. Marco wasn't my brother or my friend, though. I barely knew him, except the story from the hollows. But if you could keep my dad's mouth shut, I'd take that as a gift. Sure enough, inside the lobby, there was a crush of reporters sporting grafted-in cameras and enough drones whirring overhead to create a breeze. The hotel's atrium was an extravagant place with vast hollow walls that currently displayed space. It felt like floating, with the nano-tinted carpet shimmering black with little points and sparks of light, light appearing and burning at random. The vast shape of a leviathan swam slowly around the walls of the room. Its skin glimmered like burnished metal where light touched it, like a fish in a bowl, I thought. Took me a minute to realize that Marco was clearing a path for us. So many reporters shouting for my attention, I didn't hear the voices I wanted most. So I scanned the crowd until I spotted my mom and sister. Amid the media frenzy, Kiz nearly flattened me with a hug. I jumped excitedly with her and then stepped back to really look at her. Almost as tall as me now, a shower of thick springy curls all the way down to her shoulders. Vivid light brown eyes and the dark ochre skin tone that we shared. The kid was wearing an orange shirt and loose flower pattern skirt and... You're grown, I said. I hugged her. She grabbed me back, bouncing. She couldn't restrain a squeak of excitement, though I wasn't sure if it was the reunion or all the press coverage. Hard to believe this polished young woman was the same kid who'd cried when I wouldn't let her tag after me. Missed you, kids whispered. Me too. Mom stepped up then, soothing down her dress like it might fly away, and I saw tears with me in her eyes. I got my height from her and my shoulders. Kids and I both inherited her lovely hair that my mother kept hers in tight, natural cur curls close to her scalp. She opened her arms, and I forgot about press junkets and clamoring reporters. I'd never been the daughter she wanted, and she hadn't always been the mother I needed, but there was no question that I loved her and Kiz, or that she loved me. I didn't, I just didn't know how to live with them. My father had carved a hole in all three of us, and we'd each filled that space as best we could. I'm so proud of you, Mom said. My dad had claimed that too, but Mom meant it. I smiled. It's good to see you both. Was the trip okay? Kiz grabbed my hand. Z, it was amazing. You could see the Leviathan all up in orbit. We don't, we don't see stars through the dome, but there are so many. It's just so beautiful. I gave her a grin that felt real. I guess I'll see it for myself pretty soon, I said. Oh, good. You're here. A prof professionally attractive woman joined us, wearing an ice white suit and high heels. Everything about her screamed money. I'm Gidra Val Valdez, your press liaison. She gave some instruction, and I only half listened to listened. I only half listened to because I was worried that my dad was about to step forward and start running his mouth. I made sure Mom and Kiz stood on either side of me, with my old man forced to the back row with Marco and Miss Valdez. Is it true that Zara is your replacement aboard Nadim? Marco had an easy, hollow, friendly smile. I'll never be able to do that. Yes, it's true. He said, "Not going to try and pronounce it." It's coming with her own replacement today as well. A tall, goofy-looking reporter waved until he caught my eye. Zara, Zara. Are you a musician as well? I swallowed and managed to croak. No. Then what are your talents? I shrugged. Take a look. Figure it out. My old man had had enough of being ignored, and he pushed forward, trying to join a family, family lineup by force. I'm Zara's father, he said, and Mark gestured. His mic cut out. Mom smiled for the cameras. I always knew Zara was special. She's strong, and she's always been very independent. Kids beamed and waved. She was so photogenic on the hollow that it hurt in a good way. Like, it was all worth this nonsense to see my baby sister this happy. Mom and Kiz took a few questions about life on Mars, but it was me the press wanted to hear, so I answered as best I could, hating every minute of it and not saying much beyond bare facts, but it kept dear old dad from spewing whatever lies he had rehearsed. Eventually, Miss Valdez signaled the crowd. That's all the time we have today, everyone. 
Please meet me in the briefing room in Ballroom B for downloads of Honor Cole's biography and highlights. Someone shouted, Will Zara's family be available to answer some questions? I glanced at Mom, who shook her head slightly. No, I said. At the same time, my old man, of course, said yes, and I glared at Marco. He went to instruct Miss Valdez, who nodded briskly, as if hurting and muzzling the families of honors was just another part of her job, which it probably was. This way, Marco guided us off the dais, and I held on to my mom and sister as we moved through the crowd. I'll show you to your room. Kiz smiled at Marco, so cute that his expression warmed up by ten degrees. We've got our ours already. Some honors rep said we're in an adjoining suite. Finally, a bright spot to the circus. Just then, a side door opened, disgorging a disheveled guy in his twenties. He had to look straight out of the zone, unshaved, pallid, shaky, wearing a stained honors uniform. His eyes locked on mine, and I recognized the look in them, equal parts desperate and haunted. Saw a lot of both on the streets. It didn't look any different in a fancy hotel. Kiz let out a little cry and moved back. Marco instantly tapped his H2, and a security notice flashed on the wall beside us. Guards would be on the way. Fast. The guy grabbed my arm, and I moved to free myself with instinctive violence, but he was strong. Really strong. It's a lie. His breath smelled sickly sweet. Ask them about the weapons. Ask them. I think... I think I remember. Who are you? I blurted that back just to keep him talking instead of twisting, but all, all I could think of was how much I would, was going to have to hurt him to get rid of him. He didn't seem to hear me. Too panicked or lost in memories. His intensity gave me shivers. Don't go out there with them. They lie. They all lie. I think they told me. He let go of me in class and slapped his head with both, his, with both hands, hard enough to hurt. Kept doing it. No, no, that's not right. I know. I know I saw. I know. His voice was rising in pitch and panic now, but I was already backing off. He grabbed from me again. Please listen. Don't go. Step away from my daughter, Mom charged forward with a strength that surprised me and shocked him. But she wrenched his hand away and twisted it until his knees buckled. I'd never seen all that much resemblance between us, but damn, that expression? I'd felt that on my own face. Pure, righteous fury. She didn't let go until security charged in to take control, and then she turned on Marco. What the hell was that? I'm sorry, his eyes were bleak as he, as he watched the intruder being rushed out. Uh, Valenzuela was a year ahead of us. He didn't adapt well on the ship and had to be removed mid-year. I thought he was in treatment. That sounded like a prepared explanation, and I had a good ear for bullshit. He seemed fine in the interviews he gave before he shipped out last year. I listened with half an ear while I was stuck in Camp Kuna, but I remembered Valenzuela. He'd been relaxed, confident, eager to start his trip. No sign of the trembling wreck he was now. That's not always an indicator of how well someone integrates. If you say so, I muttered, didn't believe a word. Don't go, Valenzuela had said. He had to mean, don't go up to the Leviathan. Why not? What did he know? Tense silence reigned until the elevator doors banged open. We got in. Kids asked softly. What did he mean, telling Zara not to go? Is there some kind of danger? Of course not, Marco said, and distracted her by talking about all the celebrities who would be attending various events. I didn't miss that slip diversion. Ever polite, he walked us down a long, empty hallway. The carpet was black, with nano stars and slowly swirling galaxies. We were walking on space, and on either side, doors showed pulsing sun designs of nebulas, oort clouds, and thick star fields. We stopped in front of one that shifted from a spinning galaxy to, to welcome honor Cole at our approach. Marco handed me a thin, cleared car, clear card, and I, as I touched it, the door clicked open. You won't need it again, he told me. It's keyed to your DNA. Just keep it on your person. Get some rest. As he walked off, Mom opened the door to their room, pausing long enough to say, They gave us a copy of your schedule. It's rough. You feel like a late dinner tonight? Yeah, I'd like that. After my mom and sister went to their room, I, inspe I inspected the posh suite I'd been assigned. The closet held a full week of honors uniforms stacked on the bed. The new silk didn't wrinkle, no matter how I twisted it up. When I wandered into the bathroom, I found an array of sponsor-provided toiletries and nano-cosmetics on the counter. 
and a shower big enough to lie down in, if I wanted. I didn't, but it was gorgeous to rinse off the travel. co wash my hair, deep condition, and use the Lux products to finish my curls. The finger styling went much easier than it had at Camp Kuna. Time to get dressed. Afterward, though I was definitely hungry, I checked out the schedule my mom had mentioned. No joke, it was, but it was packed. Orientation, lectures, sim training, press junkets, uh, luncheons, fittings, and specialized classes. Yet I hadn't forgotten that weird moment in the hall earlier. Valenzuela. When I checked the net, I pulled up a ton of results for Gregory Valenzuela. All glowing profiles. Not one of them mentioned him being pulled from a Leviathan mid-year. They'd just stopped reporting on him. Cover-up or just respecting his privacy? Hard to tell, but I had... Uh, but I hadn't noticed the new hounds out there respecting privacy much. It was too juicy a story to not splash out, unless someone had a very tight lid on it. I wanted to follow the trail, but mom and kids were waiting on me. My head was all over the place. It was great to see them, but their faces reminded me of what I had put them through. So it was a cycle of gladness and guilt, longing to be back with them and never quite, and a never quite gone urge to pull. I pushed all the distractions away with an effort. I really did want to make the most of our time together. Once I got ready, I knocked on the connecting door. It took about five seconds for the locks to click back and the door to slide open. Set? Kiz had touched up her lipstick, and Mom had swapped her fancy shoes for pretty but still comfortable ones. I hear the hotel restaurant is something. Mom said. On, our way, on the way to the elevator, Kiz started naming all the things she was going to eat that were hard to get on Mars, which made me wonder, how is dome life anyway? She thought for a minute, structured, but my school is awesome. We take field trips outside for science sometimes. And I thought that was a big deal. Can't believe you're going to space, Z. But then you always did want to run as far as you could. That stung, because she was right. I'd always been about running away. Once, I'd seen some gorgeous street art in the lower eight. The words, inertia equals death, surrounded by exquisite color and Leviathan-inspired patterns. It had made a lasting impression, and I'd been living by that principle ever since. So, maybe taking them up on this honors thing was as far as I could ever go. If I looked at it that way, I might warm up to the idea. In time. Early the next morning, I woke up because my door made a soft, respectful chime, but when I put it in view mode, there was nobody there, just a fancy arrangement of flowers and a card stuck on it. I opened the door and brought it inside. The card said, give it back and I'll let everything go. DeLuca. All of a sudden, the purples and reds of the arrangement looked like bruises and bloodstains. I ripped up the card and stopped, stepped away for a second with my heart pounding. The room read my anxiety and I smelled lavender as the res relaxers were pumped in. I dumped everything in the disposal unit along with the ripped-up card and hit the delete control. It took about two minutes to incinerate everything, but when the container opened again, there was no trace of DeLuca's message. This hotel has anti-terrorism scans, I told myself. It was standard for these fancy places. Fear couldn't be eradicated so easily, though. It haunted me the whole week, through all the lessons and drills, all the interviews and info sessions. I learned about Leviathan biology, including a very basic and mostly theoretical analysis on of how their bodies processed energy gathered from starlight and used it to drive their propulsive systems, which were strong enough to overcome the speed of light when they chose to use them. Not a lot of info about the Leviathan's social structure. There were elders who accompanied the younger ships we'd be traveling with. They seemed to be larger and stronger and generally more badass. I approved. More classes, virtual navigation, which I hated, hands-on console repairs, which I didn't. We were introduced to a variety of sim sims that we'd be expected to use aboard the ship, partly to keep us in good mental and physical shape. My favorite, to no one's surprise, was the fighting sim, where I got to kick ass for cardio benefits. Perfect scores. Second favorite unit? The Crash Leviathan MD course. I had a thousand questions about the emergency procedures, how we, we might be called on for medical intervention, and a more in-depth study of biosystems. When it came time to choose my elective seminar, I picked Leviathan Physiology over Navigation. 
but worrying about DeLuca cost me when I, when I took the final tests. I couldn't focus on the higher math and choked on the chemical formulas. Thankfully, I leveled out on tech and rocked the unit on biomechanics, and result with my cumul cumulative total, I passed by two points. Yep. Bottom of my class, I was certain that it was just what they expected, but deep inside, very deep, I was still disappointed. Before I put on the brassy armor of self-confidence and pretend that coasting just will fail was my survival strategy. The send-off gala, gala the night before our departure was the social ticket of the year, and my mom and sister were beyond thrilled to be going. They'd gotten three fancy dresses and makeovers while I stuck to my uniform. I had gone for a haircut, though, trimming my curls on top, undercut, with a fade on each side. I looked sharp and tailored as I thread th threaded through the crowd. I headed for Kiz, who was chatting up a famous Nigerian pop star. With his dark skin, well-trimmed goatee, and white-edged suit in silver, Obari was fine. I could see why my sister was glowing, hand wrapped around my arm, stopping me. When I turned, I was facing a tall white man in a crispy, tailored black evening suit. His smile was all shark teeth and cold, dead eyes. Even though I didn't recognize him in that second, I knew his type. Nice to meet you. Finally meet you, Miss Cole. Congratulations are in order. Are clearly in order. You're the first honor chosen from the lower eight. He was still holding on to me with his left hand, and now he extend but now he extended his right, a giant ring with a redstone. Ruby glinted on one of his fingers. Tori and DeLuca. My mouth went dry, and my pulse stuttered, and then sped up. I wanted to pull free and bolt, but you don't run from a dangerous beast. So, he wrapped both hands around mine, approximating a congratulatory gesture, but it ground my knuckles together so hard my eyes water, watered. I didn't flinch, holding his gaze until he tipped his head like a curious predator deciding what to bite first. DeLuca leaned in. You have something I want. I hope it's a smile. I give those for free. Oh, wait. Fresh out. Didn't you get my card? I want the data. Well, I don't have it. What are you going to do? Kill me here in the ba ballroom? I'd kill every honor in this place if I had to. I don't have to. You've got a weakness. If you want to see him alive again, you're going to hand the data tab over. Him? Derry. I'd given Derry the chem. Horror paralyzed me for a second, and then DeLuca pulled an H2 from his pocket. He turned to show me the screen. The sound was off, but the picture was right there in vivid color. Derry screaming. Bloody. I wanted to grab something, anything, to use as a weapon to kill this man right here. Instead, I raised my gaze back to the Lucas and said, Don't know him. No? He shook the H2 back and forth a little. Doesn't ring a bell? Darren McKinnon? Nope. Funny, he went looking for more of this. From the same pocket, DeLuca produced a small bag with a dust of shimmering crystals. Derry said a lot, like how you killed my man Enzo and forced him to bury the body. Look, kid, if you think you can bootleg my designer for formula, well, he drew his finger over across the throat. Don't even try. Hand over the data and I'll... Let it go. That was a lie. I saw the icy smile that came after. And Derry? Numbness trickled in. The rest of the ballroom had faded out. Derry talked, not just about the chem, but he straight up rolled on me. I'd been making excuses for Derry for years, and it stopped now. No matter what, he shouldn't have given me up. Not with everything I'd done for him. Fucking asshole. Let him go, and I'll tell you where to find the tab. It's still in the box. I took a wild guess because it didn't really matter if I was wrong. You had the formula on the data tab inside, right? What'd you do? Kill the chemist and wipe his records? DeLuca was smooth. He hardly reacted at all, but I saw the little creases at the corners of his eyes, the nearly invisible twitch in his jaw. The box I'd grabbed hadn't been his daughter's personal stash, it had been DeLuca's production order, and she'd been taking it to his street lab. That formula he'd stored on the data tab, the one I ditched, that was worth billions. But not to me. The only thing it was worth to me was Derry's life. When he didn't respond, I said, do we have a deal? I don't work on credit. He's dead if you don't cooperate. No choice. I had no other leverage, so I called up a map and marked the alley where I dropped it, next to the VR porn studio. Here, I said, I stuck it under some fallen bricks, probably still there, unless somebody found it and scrapped it. I killed 20 agonizing men inside his side while he dispatched goons to check the site. 
and after his men retrieved the data tab, he pulled out the H2 and jabbed the screen. Then he held it up to me, a live feed. I could see the clock off to the table, set to Detroit time. A guy in a mask stepped up and slashed Derry's ropes away. Derry got up, staggered, and ran. The guy in the mask shook his head and said something I couldn't hear to the camera. Then he picked up the H2 on the other end and turned it around. I saw Derry darting out a broken doorway. What guarantee do I have that you're not just going to hunt him down and kill him? I asked. None. But why would I bother? He took in a breath, all too aware of the drones, the headcams, and other people around us. Forced a smile. Besides, people like him are leverage. Go ahead. Run to the stars. I'll be waiting when you get back. Maybe we'll do some more business, kid. I still haven't paid you back for the disrespect to my daughter. I watched him go, unable to focus on the event at all. It wasn't late by the time all the new honors had their big moment beamed alive all over the world. Two in the morning, I had no false excitement left, just fear. Fear of the Luca's long reach, fear of the unknown. Whatever, at least Derry was alive and we were quits. I couldn't sleep. Instead, I paced, watching the clock, feeling everything around me shift, change, and crumble. I packed the few things I owned. I watched some coverage of the upcoming launch event. The reporters at least weren't sleeping any more than I was. I got surprised by an interview with my father, who popped up out of nowhere. I shut it off rather than hear him say my name. As the few hours passed, things compressed into flashes. Flash. And I was eating breakfast from a fancy tray while Marco updated me on what would happen today. Flash. And I was in an e-car with Marco, Mom, and kids, heading for the launch side. Flash. And I stood in the early morning light, surrounded by paparazzi, while my mother held me tight and whispered, Love you, Zara. You're going to do great things. Kids got in on the hug. Don't screw it up. I took pleasure in knowing that my old man wasn't sharing this public family farewell. Like he did me, I wrote him out, now that I had the power. Time stopped moving so quickly then, as if my brain had decided to take it all in. In a few moments, I'd be leaving Earth, leaving everything I'd ever known, amid a flurry of photo ops and terse mini-interviews. I finally boarded the shuttle. I'm about to meet an alien, not a metal ship, a living creature that traveled in space, taking me along for the ride. That scared the hell out of me. Now that it was more than just some hollow, some ad- abstract concept, Valenzuela's warning echoed in my head. Don't go. Maybe this was a bad idea. Worse than staying to face off with the Luca. My stomach nodded. Somehow I lifted a hand to wave to Mom and Kiz. Mom put her hand to her heart, and I did the same. Then I was inside the shuttle. Marco made sure I was strapped in and settled beside me. Across the aisle, a dark-haired girl that I, was vaguely recall- that I vaguely recalled as Beatriz, the other new recruit, was breathing hard and blinking back tears while not going to try and pronounce it imposing and very stiff in the flesh ignored her distress it's okay i said to the other girl but really to myself the engines engaged and i start and started to spin up and the strangest thing happened a wave surged inside me almost new to me anticipation this felt like running all right running away from my past and everything in it racing full speed toward the unknown i was good at running when the shuttle shot up the roar blanked everything else as we left the earth and flung ourselves out toward the stars